In Lob Stories, we walk and we talk with inspiring and forward-thinking people. I do walk a lot. I always think it's a brilliant way to join up your sort of for one's mental map of London. I mean, I've lived in London for the best part of 10 years now and I'll still go on a walk and connect two neighbourhoods together that I didn't know fitted together. And I try and walk as much as possible. Like, who wants to be on the tube, particularly when it's hot and sweaty like it is now? In this new episode, we walk in central London with Alex Zvetkovic, a writer and man of style. We talk pink suits, creative fashion and Chelsea boots. Welcome to the John Law Podcast. Uh, I am. I thought it was going to rain today, which it hasn't done. So I'm in uh, like a dark brown um, coherence raincoat and then uh, black wide leg Simon Amell linen trousers and a brown striped grande collar shirt. And I've got a pair of my Kensington, uh, my new Kensington lob boots on, which uh, I'm wearing for the first time today. Um, and and they, f they feel fabulous, actually. They fit like gloves. I mean, I have, so our office is in uh, the West End. Our office is, uh, I, I work in an office just above uh, a shop on Regent Street. So unfortunately to get in from North London, I do have to catch the tube in in the mornings before it gets too hot and too sweaty. But then I try and walk between meetings during the day and try to make sure that I'm getting some exercise and that I don't just resort to sitting in taxis or faffing around in, uh, on buses and things like that. It's nice that it's important to be out in the fresh air, I always think. Generally, I try and amble. I like a gentle amble. I like to be able to take in London, take in the architecture, take in the atmosphere of sort of moving between different neighbourhoods. But most of the time uh, during the working week, I'm frantically scrambling from one meeting to another or one client to another, and I end up pacing it. So, you know, beggars can't be choosers. I am a freelance journalist and I write on men's style and luxury, but I'm also a creative strategist. So I work with a lot of luxury brands on storytelling, on strategic kind of content and content direction and editorial direction and social media strategy. And sometimes I edit magazines for clients and a lot of the time I actually work within or as a part of creative agencies as well so there are a couple of agencies in London that I do a lot of work with and um, service a lot of clients through but I love the variety I like being able to tell lots of different kinds of stories I, I like to try and make sure that my work is always coming back to some kind of storytelling as a kind of a reporter or a, or a writer I write less on trends I write a lot about craft. I've always been fascinated by beautiful things and how things are made. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I gravitate towards lovely objects like John Lobb shoes. But I also, I've sort of ended up carving out a bit of a niche, I suppose, in men's style writing in London for sort of giving hopefully fun and reasonably useful and approachable style advice. Quite a lot of the writing that I do revolves around sort of looking at an existing trend or identifying some sort of trend or a niche garment and or something that's happening in the kind of menswear ecosystem and giving some sort of fun, hopefully quite irreverent but quite useful advice on how 
readers can get into something or wear something. You know, for example, a few weeks ago, I wrote a piece for FT How to Spend It magazine about um, how really short shorts are in for men. And it was sort of deliberately quite fun and not too serious, but also hopefully raised a few eyebrows and got a few men thinking, oh, actually, maybe I could try a really like neat little pair of tailored chino shorts or, oh, okay, actually, if I did want to wear a shorter swim trunk, I'd do it that way. So I try in my editorial work to toe the line between writing something that has some character and is going to entertain the reader and something that's going to be genuinely useful for them as well. Increasingly over the last few years, I've sort of done more editing and I've written and edited. And actually, when I first started editing, I felt completely out of my depth and had a huge amount of (laughs) imposter syndrome on picking apart other people's copy or trying to figure out a stand first and a headline and how to sell a story to a reader. But um, writing now, particularly on menswear, comes to me quite naturally. I've, I've done it for years. I really enjoy it. I sort of have learned what works for me and hopefully what works for a lot of the guys that, that come back to my work from time to time and read multiple pieces. But I really enjoy it. As I mentioned earlier, I do quite a lot of brand work and agency work now, but I like having the balance with editorial. I, I find it really rewarding to actually write for magazines and newspapers. I always think clothes have to be an expression of personality. And one of the things that um, frequently uh, upsets or irritates me as a style writer is that often men, I think particularly there's, there's a phenomenon around British men in particular, don't feel comfortable shopping, don't feel comfortable in their clothes, are nervous of trying something different, are nervous about expressing Uh, different facets of their identity or their personality. I think that's slowly changing, but there's certainly a lot of, you know, affluent, successful, well-rounded middle-aged men who just will, are terrified to try a different type of trouser or a different style of shirt, even if they secretly really want to. And um, I really believe that clothes should express your personality. So... I hope, again, that writing on style, I sort of, and I guess through Handcut Radio when we were producing the podcast, I hope we'd encourage some men to maybe take a leap into a different kind of garment or some different clothing that they might not have felt comfortable trying beforehand. It's all about expressing personality. I'd like to think that that sort of perception that men aren't allowed to be into clothes and that being into clothes is sort of quote-unquote feminine is sort of fading away. I think that's increasingly quite a dated, you know, point of view. But there will inevitably, I think some older guys, you know, will inevitably feel a little less comfortable than younger guys trying new things or being into clothes. But I definitely think the, the macro trend is that men are more and more comfortable getting into style, expressing themselves with style, taking care of their grooming. Like, even just, it's quite interesting... I mean, I'm 30, so I'm sort of at the younger end of the spectrum, but the amount of my guy friends who've started going for manicures and pedicures, which I love because I've been getting manicures and pedicures for years, but the the amount of guys who are now kind of going, yeah, I'm happy to go to like a beauty parlour and take care of my nails and take care of my personal grooming, I find that really encouraging. I think it's, um, I think that's awesome. So, how did I get into into clothes? It's quite a convoluted story. Really, it... I got into jazz music when I was quite young. I have, like, very vivid memories of my dad playing vinyl 
in our living room when I was like three, four, five years old. And it being lots and lots of different kinds of jazz and dad had really, really eclectic musical tastes, some of which I've picked up. And I, one of the things that sort of attracted me to a lot of kind of mid-century jazz was actually the style of the performers and the style of the album covers. And I sort of felt there was something there that I wanted to explore from quite a young age. And when I turned 13, I wanted to go and buy my first suit. I don't think I had any particular reason. I just decided that I wanted a suit. And uh, my dad said to me, well, if you want a suit and you're sort of getting into all this sort of sartorial menswear, I'm going to take you into London and I'm going to take you down German Street, which, of course, is a very famous sort of gentleman shopping street in London. And I remember walking down the street and there were like 10 different shirt makers and five shoemakers and an oldie worldy barber and, you know, like amazing outfitters with silk jackets and club blazers and all these kind of mad quirky tailored clothes in the windows and like multicolored corduroy trousers and two-tone shoes and like 13-year-old Alex, his brain just melted. Um, and I kind of got hooked at that point. <laughs> I would say my style has moved on significantly from how zany it was when I was sort of discovering my sense of style as a teenager, but it started really quite young and I started, you know, literally, I mean, I remember scouring, I spent hours and hours and hours scouring eBay trying to get a Paul Smith suit for like 50 pounds because that's all I could, that's the pocket money I had and crazy stuff like that. Don't want to give him any ideas because he likes to claim that all my sort of sartorial success is entirely down to him, but my dad was a, was a very early sort of style inspiration for me, a very early influence on how I approach clothes and how I like to dress. I think my sense of style definitely comes from, the, the origin definitely comes from my father and his taste in music and how I discovered music and through music discovered clothes. I have to give, I have to give the old man some credit there. I would say that over the years, obviously because it's a large part of my job, I've uh, obsessed with clothes a lot more than he has and I think our style, sense of style is really quite different now, but it, all the rules and the conventions I definitely picked up from my father. There were so many different phases. I went through the indie boy lumberjack check shirt, skinny jeans phase, which was hideous. Luckily there is uh, almost no photographic evidence that survives. I remember in, I mean, in uh, sixth form, in my secondary school, when we were doing A-levels, everyone got to wear a suit. And I had been sort of secretly getting into clothes for a couple of years. And the opportunity to go out and buy suits to wear to school every day absolutely blew my mind. And uh, that I, I remember having so much fun, like trying to find suits, vintage suits, choosing suits from different eras, exploring like, what did a 70s suit look like on me? What did it feel like? What did something from the 60s feel like? What did something, I don't know, just from like a modern high street brand look like? What were they trying to do? I spent a lot of time experimenting with um, tailoring as a teenager as well. I also remember, I distinctly remember walking into the sixth form common room one day wearing a chocolate brown single-breasted three-piece wool suit with black cowboy boots and the most insane sort of camel coat over the top because I sort of, I don't know, I think I thought I was in some 1970s cop show. I remember the looks I got from like all my fellow sick formers and my teachers just being like, what is this kid doing? But uh, 
I guess you have to experiment at that age. It took, took a long time for me to, I guess, to really actually figure out what my style was. I mean, I think, like I said, I'm 30 years old now. I would say I only really, really got comfortable, truly comfortable with my sense of personal style maybe two to three years ago. I, I think I've experimented for most of my teens and my 20s to actually kind of get comfortable with who I am and how I should dress. And actually having spent a lot of my 20s working as a junior reporter or an editorial assistant or a junior editor, you know, I'm so grateful that I had the opportunity to do that. But actually I think when I look at men's style through a professional lens now or I'm writing about something, I do such a better job than I did when I was younger. And I also think, you know, if I look back on my style even five years ago, I was making a lot of mistakes. And I think when I say mistakes, it's almost, I don't, I hadn't figured out who I truly am. And I would do things that were inauthentic because I wanted to try a trend. Like I went through a big workwear phase, for example, where I was wearing a lot of heavy denim, a lot of kind of chore jackets and workwear styles. And I did it for a couple of years in my early 20s and then went, why am I doing this? This isn't me. Like, I listened to, like, beat bop and, like, acid jazz and Motown and I'm not. And I'm, you know, a posh boy from Hertfordshire. Why am I wearing workwear? And you, I think you, you sometimes you just have to go through those phases of, exp of, of experimentation, which can be years, to get to, get to what, a sense of style that feels truly authentic. I, I would say my current sense of style is very tailored. I wear tailoring almost every day, even if it's just a nice pair of pleated trousers. Um, quite crisp, quite formal. I, you know, I'm sort of aware that I'm at a place in my career where I'm covering style, and I also am working with a lot of clients on brand strategy and brand storytelling and representing creative agencies and working with some pretty serious business people. So I like to try and present a very sort of crisp tailored image. I'm also, I've got very, um, a few years ago, I used to wear every color under the sun, but I've actually got very sort of, I guess the word is disciplined with my choice of color now. I very, very rarely wear colour. I sort of experiment with neutrals and black and grey and cream and taupe and fawn and chocolate browns. And I tend to just put tonal outfits together because I think they're a little less shouty and a little more nuanced and subtle. And I play with a lot of textures. So, again, you know, today I'm wearing wide leg black pleated linen trousers from um, Salmon Amel, which is a tailor in Stockholm that I really love. And I've got that with a brown and white striped shirt. And then I've got a dark brown lightweight raincoat over the top and black boots. And there's not a lot of color going on, but it's sort of in the, it's all in the silhouette and in the textures that I'm playing with. And that works for me. That sort of slightly quieter sense of style really works for me now at this phase in my life whereas younger Alex would probably have been speaking to you in a pink shirt and a green jacket and orange trousers and multicolored socks and I'd have had a pocket square and it would all be going haywire but I don't do that anymore I think for me shoes have always been there they've been as important as clothes or tailoring they sort of 
the two have to sit together, right? So I have a lot of memories of sort of poking my nose into different windows on German Street and walking up and down the street on a Saturday and thinking, oh my God, one day I'd love to own a pair of those. Or I also remember in one of my first magazine jobs when the editor came in wearing a really fabulous pair of shoes and I knew where they were from. And I thought, oh my God, those shoes, they're like a thousand pound shoes. I, I really hope and pray that one day I can afford shoes like that. You know, they were always sort of beautiful English shoes were always an aspiration. I actually remember, I think I'd been in my first magazine job for a couple of years and I had been sort of scrimping and saving and I wanted to go and get a really good pair of German street shoes. I actually went into Crockett and Jones and bought a pair of loafers that I'd wanted for a very long time. But just to be able to sort of go back to that street where my dad had taken me, you know, years and years and years before and said, this is the place to go and buy great shoes in London, to be able to go back there under my own steam as a young professional and walk in and say, I'm going to be a customer today. I'd like a beautiful pair of English shoes or a really lovely pair of loafers. That was a great feeling. I still have them, actually. In, in terms of the shoes I wear now, obviously I wear a lot of lobs because I think the the level of, of craft is extraordinary and I love the lasts and I love how clean the lines are on lob shoes. But um, I only really wear Chelsea boots and loafers and in the winter I'll be in some kind of ankle boot, either a jodper boot or a Chelsea boot and in the summer I'm only really wearing penny loafers or maybe tassel loafers. Those are, that's sort of all I find I need now. But um, being a sort of a, a hopeless fashion you know, obsessive. I've got far too many pairs of boots and far more pairs of loafers than any one man would ever need. But as long as I hide them away and my fiance doesn't see them too often, I get away with it. A beautiful, you know, lace-up Oxford is a lovely thing, but I've never really felt the need to own one, I guess because I don't work in a corporate job. Um, but I will, as soon as the weather is fine and dry, I'm in some kind of loafer in either calf or suede. And then for, from, autumn right the way through to late spring, I just live in Chelsea boots. I think that there's something about any kind of hole cut shoe. The lines are just so clean and simple and you just know they're not going to date. I think a beautiful pair of suede loafers or suede Chelsea boots will take you anywhere. John, it's interesting, John Lobb is a brand that I've sort of discovered, I'd say quite recently, or I've become a customer of quite recently but I've known about the brand for years and written about the brand in features for years and years and years, of course. But I actually was in Paris for a long weekend with my fiance about a year, a year and a half ago. And I had been looking for a pair of black calf Chelsea boots with really, really sort of nicely defined arm and toes. And I couldn't find them anywhere. I just could not find the pair of shoes that I had in my mind's eye. And then we were in Paris and we walked past a lob store and I thought, hang on a minute, maybe this is the time. <laughs> and I, uh, I went in and I discovered the Lowry Chelsea boot and I bought a black pair in Paris, fell in love with them on the spot. And I actually went back into the German street shop in London a week later and bought a dark brown pair. And that was it. I was like, okay, these are my boots. I found my boots. And uh, yeah, that has then extended into loads of other different kinds of lobs as well.
have such an unhealthy obsession with clothes as I sometimes do. When you find something you've been looking for for a long time, you feel sort of elated, but you also sometimes feel quite relieved. And you think, oh my God, I've found the thing I've been looking for. What an absolutely beautiful object to have discovered. I find particularly the Oxford calf lob models, you put them on and, you know, I always, always struggle to break in English shoes. The Oxford calf doesn't need breaking in. It's so, the quality is so fine and the pore structure on the leather is so kind of elevated and, and exquisite and good quality that you just put them on and they mould to your feet but they don't stretch, but they don't rub, they're just so comfortable. And when I put that, that pair of Lowry's on in uh, the shop in Paris, I kind of went, okay, I just know I'm gonna get on with these shoes. It's a really lovely feeling when you kind of go, yep, this is gonna work. The last works, the leather works, I'm happy. I feel uh, incredibly cool today in these. <laughs> it's, uh, it's a sunny day in London, but I decided it was a Chelsea boot day. I have been uh, looking at the um, John Lobb Kensington boots for about a year, ever since they came out a year ago. I think it was roughly a year ago anyway. And unlike the Lowry, which has these lovely sort of almond-shaped toes, the Kensington has this really unusual, defined, sloping, chiseled toe slightly exaggerated, very kind of, uh, was what I would call a sexy boot. And I picked a pair up last week. I thought, I've got to do it, now is the time. And this is their first wear today, and I absolutely love them. And again, like the Lowry, they just fit like a glove. They feel incredibly comfortable, but they're a very sophisticated boot. They're the sort of boot, if they weren't such beautiful boots, they're the sort of boots I'd like to go out night clubbing till 3 a.m. They feel like party boots. I think men should be comfortable feeling sexy and feeling good in their skin and good in their clothes and you know I, it makes a real difference to my mood if I walk out the door in an outfit and I think yeah I feel good in this I feel attractive you know it, it's a real confidence boost I think men should be allowed to feel that feeling sexy is not something to be afraid of it's something to enjoy <laughs> am I sexy now than I was a few years ago I mean, my hair's desperately trying to escape and doing a very good job of escaping. I've put on a little bit of weight, which I can't seem to get off. I've gone up a trouser size, who knows? But I, <laughs> I definitely think I feel good about the way I dress now. For, for the last few years, I've felt like I've really, as I've sort of approached and then turned 30, I've really started to understand how I want to present myself in the world. And I've stopped trying trends because they're on trend and just lent into the garments and the silhouettes and the kind of colours and fabrics that I really feel represent me. And does help me to feel good in myself. I mean, I think um, particularly, you know, if a guy is going out on a date or he's starting a new relationship, I mean, when I, I mean, I've been with my uh, fiance for five and a half years now, but when we dated, started dating five and a half years ago, I used to pay such attention to what I was wearing. And I always used to think, okay, what have I got that's like cashmere? Can I wear like a really nice soft cashmere jumper that's gonna sort of look really cuddly this evening? Or do I wear a really, really great pair of trousers that have a really nice neat line? Or what blazer have I got that looks really, really, like I really sort of, I'm switched on and I know what I'm doing. I think clothes help to present an image and present not necessarily an entire identity, but a part of your identity to the world. And if you're starting to date, then, and you want to look good and feel good and feel attractive, then I think it's, it's great that clothes can do that. I also think, you know, there is a, there's a case for 
uh, clothes helping with seduction in a professional context as well. I mean, if you look the business, certainly from my perspective as someone who's self-employed and who has to pitch one to pitch uh, articles, but also pitch agency works and, uh, and respond to creative briefs, looking like you mean business does really sometimes help you to win the business. And I think, you know, if a guy's going for a promotion, that suit, that decent pair of shoes, even just polishing a really good pair of shoes, you know, I do think on some level it makes a difference. It's a sign of respect for yourself as well as for the people around you, I think. Your clothes sort of start speaking about who you are before you open your mouth. I'd like to think that I'm more or less dressing exactly how I'm dressing now in 30 or 40 years' time, maybe with slightly different cuts or slightly different fabrications, but I hope that a lot of the clothes I wear are, are not trend-led, but they are just clothes that, that work for my frame and my character and my personality and that I'll still want to represent myself like this in 30 or 40 years' time. I think when a guy can figure that out for himself, that's to me, is a really important moment in his life and a really, really uh, powerful moment of kind of discovering one's personal style. I am holding out for some of the new arrivals that I think are coming in for this autumn. I think there are some really, or I hear the guys in the, uh, the London store tell me there are some really beautiful boots coming. I think there are some boots coming with a slightly different last, like a jodhpur boot that I think has a really beautiful pitched heel on it that sort of nods to a Cuban heel without being a Cuban heel. And that's something I would love in the wardrobe because again, I think if you can just hint at a Cuban heel, that's, that's quite sexy for me, that's sexy dressing. That's again, that's what I'd call a sexy boot, is a subtly kind of Cuban heel boot. So I'm gonna, gonna be um, definitely treating myself to a pair of those in the autumn. I think sometimes guys who are into quote unquote classic style can be really hard on fashion and I don't really understand the logic. They're not mutually exclusive. Fashion is, and style have to, they're two halves of the same coin, you know, and I think often that some of the best dressed men I've ever met are men who can sort of understand the classic codes of getting dressed, but then interpret them through really fabulous high fashion designs and high fashion garments. Um, and that's one of the things I find really, really exciting about men's clothing. Yeah, I think that's really exciting when you discover something new or I guess when your sense of self or your point of view changes and you discover something that you didn't think was for you a few years ago and you connect with it, that's one of the most exciting things about getting dressed for me. And it's also what stops getting dressed from becoming boring, right? Is your, you sort of, every time I sort of get my wardrobe to a place where I think, oh yeah, I'm happy with my wardrobe, I fall in love with something else and something comes in and something goes out and I find that really stimulating, quite frustrating sometimes, but really stimulating and exciting. I also think that applies to when you sort of figure out your taste in something, say, for example, you figure out your taste in suits, your brain then goes, okay, now I need to figure out my taste in watches. And then it takes you a couple of years to figure out what you would want to do with a dream watch collection or what your first watch is or what your second watch is. And then you think, okay, 
I'm going to go back to music and I'm going to spend a couple of years like deep diving into this crazy genre that I never thought of before. And then, and then you start thinking, oh, well, maybe I need a car in my life. If I was going to get a 70s sports car, what would it be? And round and round it goes. But I think that's, um, that's all part of the fun of being able to engage with beautiful objects and, and, and true craftsmanship. Absolutely. I, I, I have an unhealthily obsessive na nature, unfortunately. How do I feel in my lob boots after walking for 45 minutes with you? I feel uh, even happier than I did when I put them on this morning because they, uh, they feel incredibly comfortable. And I have walked uh, all around Marylebone, I think, four or five times in the course of this conversation. And my feet are are feeling fresh and the boots look great and uh, feeling really, really great, feeling good in my skin and in my boots, which is what it's all about.